The Den. Conversations with Andrew Wolf. This week I'm really looking forward to a conversation with Harris Bell. Harris grew up in Dollar in Clackmannanshire and is now a dancer at the world-famous Royal Ballet in London. Harris, welcome to The Den. Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to be talking to someone who's not in business today, Harris. Uh, you obviously come at this from a totally different angle. Uh, I bet, I bet. I'm probably a lot less educated in the typical sense. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, uh, I think it's great to have someone from, from the arts actually participating in the den. So I'm delighted to have you here. I, th- I think to kick off, Harris, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to get to the Royal Valley? Yeah, of course. So um, as far as some of the stories you might hear from other dancers, I've had a quite, quite a straightforward journey in that I sort of worked my way up through year groups in different schools. Um, I started when I was seven years old. I'd, have you heard of Glen Eagles Hotel? Um, it's not far from me. So we had a little ballet school in there and I started there for a few years. Um, ended up taking a liking to the more classical side of ballet and moved on to the, found out about the vocational schools that are on offer in the UK and we've got a handful of them. So um, I kind of worked my way around. I went to dance school in Scotland in Glasgow for about six weeks and ended up jumping down to Birmingham um, for Elmhurst. And I stayed at Elmhurst for three years from about 11 until 14. And then a few of my friends were auditioning for the Royal Ballet School and I didn't really have that on my radar at all because I was, when I first auditioned at 10, 11, I was turned away um, and wasn't accepted. So I didn't really have that on my radar. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. Auditioned and got in. Did another two years at White Lodge, three years at the upper school in Covent Garden, uh, where it gets a lot more rigorous and serious. You're preparing for uh, company life, which is a whole different ballgame than school life so um and school presumably harris they they combine academic with dancing do they it's, it's a sort of combined uh, education is it yes yeah it's back and forth it's sitting uh it's sitting in a ballet clothes in the morning and then sweaty in your suit and your shirt and tie for the afternoon um okay. so yeah you do get a full we got a full set of gcses and i did my a levels and a b-tech in upper school so they they do set you up well um and, and and did you realize at an early stage then that, that that dance was for you? Was it just something that sort of buzzed for you? It just it just clicked. Yeah, I get. Of course, you get that a lot, and um, because it's such a such an intense training from such a young age, people are interested that whether the passion is found at that age or whether it's created through the discipline. Um, but as far as I can remember, I I never had anything as my base hobby more so than that. So I guess I just found a, a great amount of joy and I enjoyed the discipline in my work. So when I landed right. at Royal Ballet School, for example, it's one of the most uh, rigorous and disciplined training centers there is. So um, I really clicked with that and it worked with me. And um, So I guess it's uh, it's been a passion from a young age, whether I knew it or not. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in the physical... Um, the physical versus the creative question here because i've i've seen my own children you play music and and they start dancing as as young children and there's just a, a magical 
reaction to um, to listening to music and reacting to it physically. But then you turn into this physical, um, highly trained, highly um, highly tuned physical being who can, uh, I suppose, do classical ballet, which is is a very sort of constrained physical. Um, movement. Am I am I right? Is that is that? Is yeah, that, it's that, the the barriers are very narrow to fit in with classical ballet. It's one of the most the hardest things to perfect. I don't know why you'll never get it, but that's what we're trying for. Um, I like to think of the technique, the technique in the ballet more so as the the vessel that you can inject your creativity. And I use I use artistic expression, mm. but the technique itself is more so more so the the bones that you then add the flesh to and um and when you see kids dancing when you see kids do anything it's all done with impulse there's mm. no inhibitions there's no there's nothing holding them back and a lot of time my coaches and my friends myself if you get caught or stuck in analysis paralysis which is very easy with how difficult the technique is um, if you bring it back to do it as if it feels good like do it as if you're a kid just moving your body you just happen to be doing it through positions you've practiced for years and that's where right. you get to the root of it and I think that's uh, the most important I love, most important. I, I, I love that thought I've, I've interviewed a couple of people in sport as well and, and they talk about the natural ability versus the trained ability Right. And and if right. they if they if you think too much about your golf swing, you won't hit the ball very well. But if you just throw the club at it and you know yeah, enjoy yeah, like, it, enjoy, like you're throwing a stone in the water, you know you'll probably hit the ball a mile. So it's it's kind of interesting the analogy there. Um, Harris, I've designed these podcasts to explore creativity specifically. So I'm I'm really interested to to go a little bit deeper uh, to understand how as a ballet dancer you combine physicality with creativity of movement and interpretation. I suppose we've, we've covered that to a certain extent, but you know, on, on, on a sliding scale, are you a more a physical being or more a creative being, would you say? Uh, I've, I think I'm leaning, I'm leaning to both sides on that because I think you need to have such a strong base in classical technique to be able to project the creativity that you want if your if your base isn't strong enough and you haven't disciplined yourself through the positions you need to execute then that draws away from all artistic freedom this is really interesting um i studied at art college and i remember a tutor talking about picasso who painted the most the most amazing abstract drawings of the human the human form but but he was actually a very good draftsman to start with he grew up being able to paint a face like a face and draw a face, a body like a body. But then from there, he was able to abstract. He abstracted it, but he had to have the grounding in the first place, the, the classical training to draw beautifully. And then, exactly. and then he could go and create beautiful abstraction. Is, 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 that, is that a fair analogy in dance that you, you have yeah, to have absolutely. that? Absolutely. With, with, any, with anything, especially artistically, you have, like with an, with an instrument, you have to practice your scales. If you want to be a great jazz improvisationist, you have to you have to be solid with every scale and every key. Um, and it's the same with ballet. You have to have your your first, your fifth, your 
port de bras set, but you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think of that when you're playing a character. You just practice it to a certain degree so that when you don't require when you're tapping into your creative side, everything falls into an aesthetically pleasing place and efficient place. So um, we have some incredible dancers that's that may that may not fit the the cookie cutter mold of perfect ballet, but when you watch them, you realize that's what you're that's what you're there to watch. Yeah, it, there's impressive and there's uh, moving. And you, you 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 touched on something really interesting there that there's a characterization. So you're you're playing a character in a ballet. So I suppose there's a creative element there. You've got to actually get yourself into character. You know, this guy this guy's a strutting male, or he's a he's a, he's amorous, or he's he's big and physical, or whatever. I suppose, and you've got to got to project that in in some ways. And that uh, that you sort of uh, the chameleon changes color but stays the same shape. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's 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 a similar thing in that your character and your your interpretation of a characteristics and nuances that come with uh, roles they fit onto the the body of your honed technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. if you want to be, you can be good at either. I think you can be good at injecting yourself into something but the technical side falls short. Or you can be a really technical and precise dancer, but it's boring to watch. Yeah. So if you can if you can get your technique to a certain level, then no matter what you pile on top of that in your own personal injection of things or your own creativity on top of that, you can trust that that's a solid base, if that mm. makes sense. So um, that comes in with characters and uh, just your own way of doing things fascinating and and here's a sidebar who, who are your heroes in dance at the moment who do you look up to as as the greats at the moment greats myself in five and ten years years <laughs> excellent that's who i look up to that's who inspires me daily fantastic ah. yeah it's uh ah goosebumps thinking about it this gets me that's, gets that's, me. A, that's a great answer I, I love that answer um i i um was lucky enough to be very close to the world number one golfer recently at a tournament here in Scotland. And I heard him talking to a wee boy at the end of the day, everyone else had left, all the public had gone and it was the hospitality tents were emptying. And there was John Ram on the practice green. And a wee boy came up to him and said, Mr. Ram, how do I become great? And he said, just look at me and be competitive. Right, right. Be, be, but I love that, be competitive. And, and it's that self-assured, you know, I'm gonna be great. Uh, I am great. I'm I'm number one. I'm number one in the world. You've got to strut it. You've got to. Oh, you've I'm to... I'm all for that. I'm all for that. It's uh, if you see if you see it in your mind, and you've got bravery and courage to say it out loud, even to yourself, to write it in a book, to even say the thought in your head, it will happen. The law of attraction brings it to you, and you um. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, if you believe it, it will ha- it will happen. You you've got to believe it. You've got to think it. Your 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 brain's a very powerful organ. We we don't use our brains nearly enough. The affirmations, um, yeah, in, uh, encourage work, and the work pays off. Eventually, you'll pinch yourself, and you're you're there. You're looking down your ladder, and you realise you're at the top. Fabulous, top. fabulous. So so something I'm I'm interested in as well um, to cover off with you as a dancer. I I. Uh, was unlucky to get a sports injury a few years ago and I went to a, a, um, a 
physiotherapist who actually worked with some of the ballet companies when they came to Edinburgh. And he, he, he was telling me some horror stories about the, the ballet dancers' physical problems, uh, you know, after, after a, 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 long, um, a long tour. Is, is that something that, you know, are, are injuries a problem for you? Is it something you managed to avoid? Perfect timing, because uh, I've been off, off dancing and work almost completely for the past five months, coming up six wow. months. So, um, it's part of the job. It's if you work, if you push your body this hard, I mean, we're, if you're working your body physically, mentally, you get drained as well. I'm sure injuries are internal too, but we're from, you know, it can be 9.30 till, or 10.30 till 11 at night you're going if you've got a show uh -huh. day. So um, it's part of the job. You just have to do your best to manage it. And uh, I've learned that the hard way, but I'm lucky to have that so young. Um but one thing that's interesting, since we're on creativity, the biggest realization I've had from being off for so long, even just doing our scales, which is our ballet class in the morning, the, um, the lack of artistic expression drives you nuts. I mean, right. I just not being, even if we're in the framework of a set technique, like plies or tondis, which are mundane and repetitive, there, at a certain level, you can inject yourself into those things. Mm -hmm. And you can say, not necessarily how, questioning how is this done correctly and perfectly, but more so how do I want to do it? Nice. And I've been missing, I've been really missing that side of things. That's been um, tricky. That's the trickiest part. You've been, you've, been, you've been suffering? You've been suffering withdrawal symptoms, have you? Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the creative juices are, are full. How do you deal? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the withdrawal of, of not being able to to do it? Um, I mean, I automatically go to physical work. I go to moving my body. If I get stuck, I go and practice, or I go and work out, or I go for a cycle, I go for a, a run, or do some yoga or things. But with an injury the most important thing and the physios have been like putting a ball and chain on me to keep me keep me down and they mm -hmm. say Harris go home sit on the sofa put your leg up all day watch some TV switch off you've got to let it rest because it's a bone bruise I have so that takes just as long as it takes the more wow. you poke it the longer it takes um, yeah so, so, so that's t that's the last thing you want to do is sit on the sofa but they're telling you to do it right exactly exactly it's been a nightmare so um and, and how's it going? How's the injury going? Is it, is it uh, feeling a bit better? It's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. It's in the process. It's, um, it's not getting any worse, I think. So I guess we'll take that as a positive. Good. Well, best of luck with that. Um, next question, Harris. What are the main creative influences in your life? Right. Favourite band? Favourite music? Oh, right. Okay. So, Favourite art? What I, I think if you're looking for creative influences, I think if I know, if I have a goal of where I want to be in myself and where I want to be as an artist, then I know what I'm looking for, for inspiration. And so I think if you know what you're looking for, it appears everywhere. It can be in the design of a whiskey bottle or it can be in the way a bird flies, or it can be 
I mean, I've got it easy because I'm surrounded by the most incredible artists you'll ever find. <laughs> you know, everybody is inspiring as it is. So I just have to walk around the building and um, and you can... You this is wonderful, you Harris. So you, so you see inspiration in every day in, in everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything has a creative aspect to it because when you're when you're creating anything there are choices within that creation and your the choices you make are your is your artistic expression injected into that so you can see every choice everyone made no matter what it is um that ended up being what you see in front of you so i think you can you can pick apart anything and find inspiration from it. I struggle to watch a movie without an, without analyzing the acting or the set or the casting or the directing. You know? yeah. It's exhausting after a while, but especially from an artistic side, I couldn't talk from business side, you can, um, you can steal little bits from everyone you see, put it in a box, shake it up and then I, I, I love this. I love this. Um, Harris, something I use as a designer is I, I see creativity everywhere. Um, I look at something on television, a book, a poster. I look outside at a building, at a car, and I see creativity. I see ideas. And I always say that designers are a bit like a sponge or creative people are a bit like a sponge. We, we absorb everything that influences us. We absorb all, all the visual, visual and, and creative and, and I suppose sounds, if it's music or, or um, uh, audio um, and then you squeeze that sponge and whatever comes out of the sponge is, the, is your interpretation of, of all the influences you've had in your life oh, I love that, I love that, that's like yeah. my box analogy, put it in a box, yeah, shake it yeah. up and open up, exactly the same yeah, mix it up yeah. but, but, but it is, I think the important thing is that you own it, you own your own creativity and you, you own what the output of all that influence is so you have your style of dancing, I have my style of designing, which is influenced by all the things I see or all the things that you see and hear and watch uh, influence what, what comes out of you, I suppose. Right. Do you, find, do you find on a personal level that you actively choose and decide what you're surrounded by? Like, do you choose your, your mediums? To a, to, a, to a certain extent, yes. Um, I want to surround myself by beautiful things. But, but it's quite important not to see, to, to see less beautiful things from time to time. Um, to go to a rough area and see actual hardship and graffiti, uh, which in its own way is it's, it's the zeitgeist of a moment, it's the style of a moment. And it, you know, that a piece of graffiti I see might influence my work. Um, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. I can see yeah, the numbers you, on your you wall. Just, that's... Yeah, you just, you just never know what, what you're going to see that's going to influence the next piece of work you do. Uh, it might be something you see walking on the beach, a starfish or a piece of seaweed. Um, and, and the next thing you do, a piece of design and a, star, a, a starfish influences it. So you just, you just never know when something's going to be squeezed out of that sponge and land on your piece of paper. Wow. Yeah, that must, I mean, again, you're trained in the design aspect. I don't know whether that's on a computer or with your hands, but probably both. That's You have to be very technically sound to really... Yeah. Do whatever it, you it, it starts in the brain though as well. There is a mental attitude of, of, of um, accepting all the visual references and analyzing the problem that you're given by a client or a brief and then, and then 
having an open enough mind to express all that visually on a piece of paper or, or through through your computer. And I suppose the same for you. You know, you're given a piece of music, you're told to dance to it. Presumably, working with an artistic director who has a vision for the piece, um, but then you you have a chance to and you listen. I presume you listen to a piece of music before you start dancing. Do you? Yes, I mean often often. I haven't had terrible a terrible amount of experience with um. Direct working where I'm on the corps de ballet, the lowest rung of the ladder just now. So, a lot of it is um, fitting in line and fitting with everyone else which is very difficult for me but uh um hopefully one day i'll get to get a bit more of a taste of that because that's what it's all that's what we do this for that's what it's all about yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah the music i mean if you if you watch kids dance to music that's where you should take your inspiration from <laughs> so so i get the impression harris that you're 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 incredibly ambitious you're you're competitive there's a competitive world in there as well you're in the Corps de Ballet, and actually, I guess all the guys in that Corps de Ballet want to get to the, you know, be the, the number one. Um, is, is, is that where you're heading? Is that, is that the next step? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Next step is see how far we can get. I've thrown the ball, I've thrown the ball of ambition as far as I possibly can, and now I just have to start, I've started walking. Fantastic. And, um, yeah, I... I just want to outwork my potential and see where I see, you know, I don't know if I can reach the level I see myself at in five, ten years, but I'm going to do my best to find out. Fantastic. I, I, I love it. Um, again, a, a bit of a sideways question here, Harris, for you. Dollar to London is a big step. <laughs> Small town, crack man and shire to the big smoke. Um, how, how do you find life in the in the big city? You know, I struggled with it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm sat here now, and I'm we're in a forest, and I'm sorry, I'm in a there's a glass room, and I can just only see trees. So this is a lot, a lot different than um, you know, the opera house canteen windows. Uh, I've settled in. I've settled in now. I think I had a lot of distractions in what I wanted to do, holding on to the rural part of Scotland. Um, but now I'm all in, I'm all in on my career. It's terribly important. I, I, similar to you, I'm from rural Scotland, Southwest Scotland, and I was born in a house that, you know, looked, looked over nothing. Uh, and, and I, I had to get away from it. The big city for me was Edinburgh and from Edinburgh, I've spent a lot of time going to London and I love days and, you know, weeks at a time in, in London where I just, I go and I absorb that, that visual absorption again. Um, I see things in London I'd never see in Edinburgh. I see things in Edinburgh I'd never ever see in Galloway. So I, I think you, you've got to treat that journey as part of your, your, um, your creative process, your creative journey. Um, I've been overseas to some amazing, some amazing cities overseas and, and again, you know, you, you treat it as part of your journey. And it's really interesting Going home is very important for me. Going back to Galloway, going back to where I'm from is actually, those routes are important and, and I know that I can go there and get fresh air. I'm going down for a day on Sunday and I'll spend a day just getting, getting the air and seeing the places and doing the things that I used to do down there. Um, so it's, it's, we're, we're, we're very lucky to have both, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I, 
I always dreamt or had an ideal of living up here in a place like this. You know, mm. being in the sticks and uh, having fresh air and water that tastes sweet and birds singing when you wake up. Um, but I've sort of accepted and I've gone all in with my life in London. So actually keeping Scotland as a... I'm keeping home as a novelty, as a treat. Yeah. makes it magical yeah. it keeps oh, yeah. it magical my parents will take this place for granted every day but when i come up i'm shouting and to the rooftops about how green the grass is and yeah, you know there are birds yeah. here so it's interesting so so to do to to get to where you want to get in your career you have to be in in central london that's you you couldn't do it in rural scotland right i mean that's a that's rough right. commute if so <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah great um Harris, I've been asking people in the den um, what would they say to their twenty-one-year-old self, but I'm I'm guessing that you. you <laughs> I'm twenty-two, so that, that, that's that's not really a question I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you what would you say to your ten-year-old self? Ten-year-old self, great question, great question. That must be one of the trickiest ones to answer. Um, I think. Being where I am, I'd say trust the process and continue what you're doing because you've got to a place that you're extremely proud of. Um, I tell him that discipline is more important than motivation. I think do it your way. Find out your way of doing it and stick to that. Otherwise, you're just a bad copy. That's a really interesting observation in the world of ballet where you've got to do things in a certain way yet you're saying do 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 things your way so you know be 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 unique be a personality within this uh, restrained world that that um kind of tells you what you have to do in a way yeah yeah that's the, that's what people come to watch you know people might be impressed by pointy feet or a perfect execution but uh that doesn't make anyone cry. That doesn't make anyone happy. That doesn't give you goosebumps. What yeah. what what people come is for uh, to see parts of themselves in someone else, projecting yeah. a character. So hold on to the um, authenticity of what you do and why you do it. Dance like Fantastic. a kid. Dance like a Fantastic. kid. I was uh, hugely impressed with how mature and elegantly you. <laughs> How mature and elegantly you you talk about creativity, uh, quite in, quite inspiring for someone so young. So um, it doesn't leave my uh, mind. Well, th 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 thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I'm afraid it's time to wrap up. Um, I'm really grateful that you took time to join me in the den today. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on on creativity. I found it really interesting. Um, I hope we can stay in touch and um, maybe one day I'll see you on stage. Yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah, I would, I would really like that. Yeah, and if you're ever in Edinburgh, let's, let's meet up. Um, thanks again, Harris. It's been good to talk and all the best with your career as a dancer. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to The Den, a series of conversations about the business of creativity and creative thinking in business.